Another fun hypothetical episode for you today on IU Basketball, looking at scenarios that are more likely to happen with Kalel Ware, Mackenzie Mbako, and Xavier Johnson. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Locked on Hoosiers on this Monday. We are the one and only daily IU podcast and a part of the Locked on Network, your team every day. I'm your host, as always, Jacob. want to thank you guys for tuning in wherever that may be, making us your first listen every single day. We've been filling up the summer with some hypotheticals, some what-if episodes, things like that. We're going to continue to do that on on today's episode. Borrowed an idea from Locked on Duke, JJ Jackson. You guys can groan. I know how IU fans feel about Duke, but he had a fun podcast idea that we're going to try out over here. I'm going to give you two scenarios on one player in each section of today's podcast. We're going to talk it out, see which one is more likely to happen. Doesn't mean either of them are necessarily going to happen. I would bet in most cases, neither of them will happen, but we can talk it out. Kind of look at different best case scenarios and which is more likely. Let's start with Kalel Ware, who I think has, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, biggest variance in, in him doing well and him doing poorly. I also think there's a big variance in how he can impact the team and impact each game. So I came up with the the scenario of which is more likely to happen. Him average 15 points per game or 2.5 blocks per game. Now those aren't just random numbers I threw out there. They both kind of have reference points. Last season, Jalen Huchifino averaged 14.9 points per game in Big Ten play. To give you a sense of what that would look like in terms of game-by-game production. And Trace Jackson Davis averaged 2.9 blocks. Now, if you look at Kalel Ware last season, you got to project and do some things. But per 40 minutes, Kalel Ware and Trace Jackson Davis had the same amount of blocks per game. 3.3 blocks per 40 minutes. Now... Obviously, Trace was playing a lot more last season. He played 34.5 minutes per game, and Kalel Ware played 15.8. So there's a lot more projection with Kalel Ware. But basically, I wanted to look at what's more likely, Ware being an impactful offensive player or an impactful defensive player. I mean, there's not a – there's a non-zero chance he could do both of these things this season – that certainly feels like best case scenario when it comes to how things play out for him. If he's averaging 15 points and getting two and a half blocks per game, he's gone after this season. He's a lottery pick and he's out of here. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but it feels, I kind of wanted to to set the bar to, at a spot where it doesn't feel like both are likely. Now, If I'm looking at these two scenarios, 15 points per game probably means his three-pointer came around from the 27% it was last season. 
It means he's taking more than obviously the 5.3 shots per game he took last season. And he's a lot more involved in the team's offense. How involved do we think he could be? He doesn't seem like someone that is going to necessarily be a a high usage player. He's gonna. It feels like someone who'll be on the receiving end of a lot of things, pick and pop threes, catch and shoot threes, um, pick and rolls, dump offs in traffic. Not that he can't create for himself, but it feels like that's where a lot of his baskets are going to come. Can he? add up all those here, there, everywhere, and get to 15 points per game. Again, I think it's possible, but last season he was also a, a really good shot blocker. Per 40 minutes, 3.3 blocks per game. In 15.8 minutes, it was 1.3 blocks per game. So if you think that he's going to play 30 minutes per game next season, which, again, for reference, Trey Galloway played 29.6 in conference play, it's a lot of minutes, but I would suspect that is of the realm of possibility for him. If he's playing 30 minutes per game, does he double his production? If he doubles his minutes, does he double his blocks? For me, I think the blocks are more likely to happen. I think he can find a path to be impactful offensively. 15 points seems a little high, whereas the blocks I see more of a a clear pathway for him to be um, impactful on that end of the floor. He's going to be an anchor for this team defensively this season. He's going to be a shot blocker with how IU played last season. They funneled a lot of things to the rim and trace got a lot of blocks that way. He was able to showcase his ability to be a shot blocker I, I don't think things will change that much this season because Kalel Ware is a talented shot blocker. So if I'm having to pick between the two, I think he could be that level of a defensive player, that level of a rim protector this season. And if he does do that, 2.5 blocks per game almost certainly will put him on the all-defense team and put him in the running for defensive player of the year just on that alone because you're assuming if he's getting 2.5 five blocks per game. He's also affecting a lot of other shots and in general making an impact on that end of the floor. And if he's doing that, then that's a, a, not a bonus, a win for the Hoosiers. Even if he struggles offensively, if he can be someone that is anchoring the paint defensively and deterring guys from driving to the rim, that's still a positive for Indiana, even if the offense still struggles to come along. So 15 points or 2.5 blocks. I'm leaning towards 2.5 blocks because I think there's more of a track record of him being that type of player and being able to be an impactful defender. What do you guys think? Do you think being a more prominent part of an offense this season will lead to a jump in points? He averaged 6.6 last season. Again, if you just double the minutes and double the points, that's not how this is going to work, but you're right there in the neighborhood of 15 points anyway. So let me know what you guys think. Let's talk McKenzie Mbako next and his shooting, which I think is going to be a big thing to monitor. We'll talk about the two scenarios for him here in just a moment. You guys know, though, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. 
It's the same with when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you're, you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Big thanks to you guys, as always, for making us your first listen. Every day or this week, we're going to bring back Recruiting Wednesday on the next episode and then we're going to try to do this same type of podcast on friday hopefully knock on wood we'll be able to bring on a guest to do that as well on the topic of women's basketball terry morin won another gold medal this uh summer she led the u19 team to uh, a gold medal on sunday uh cody mcmahon fellow big 10 player led that that uh, FIBA team, FIBA Under-19 World Cup Championship team. I don't actually know. I assume it's gold medals, but they beat Spain in the final 69-66. to Third straight gold medal for the uh, U-19 team. She won a medal last season as an assistant for the U-18 team, so uh, she was the head honcho in charge this time around. Uh, came away with the uh, gold medal. So, shout out to Terry Morin for she just cannot keep quit winning. Excuse me. Let's talk McKenzie and Baco. Another person that's going to be a very important part of this team next season. I went uh, his three point shooting, I think is going to be something we focus a lot on because it's going to be really important to how IU plays. And it's going to be a question of quantity versus quality. That's what it was last season when it came to Indiana on the surface. They shot 36.8% from the three-point line, 38% from the three-point line in conference play. Those numbers look great. 15.53 three-point attempts last season was 352nd in the country. Is IU's production going to go up, and will that uh, that level of efficiency continue? So when it comes to Mbako, which is more likely, a 40% three-point shooter or... 3.53s per game. Now, again, entirely possible that he does both of these things, but if he's attempting north of three and a half threes a game and making 40% of them, he is having one incredible season because he's going to be able to do so many other things. If you look back at Miller Cop, he shot four threes a game and made 44%, but that was just kind of it with all due respect. Miller Cop was a, a great player, but McKenzie Mbako has a bit of a deeper bag than him. So with Mbako, is he someone that is going to be able to get the quantity up? I think in general across the board, IU just needs to shoot more threes this year. And that doesn't mean coming down and chucking up a three-pointer five seconds into the shot clock. But their offense needs to be built on creating more open three-pointers, which I think it will be. But that volume has to go up. What part is Mbako going to play of that? He 
has a decent shooting stroke. It wasn't all that efficient in high school. It looks really good and all it's projected to be really good, but at least statistically it wasn't. So is he someone that's going to come in, be a kind of a low volume three point shooter? Maybe think back to Victor Oladipo, who was really good in his second season at Indiana shooting three pointers, uh, or excuse me, third season, obviously at Indiana, he shot 44%, but he attempted 1.9. Are we going to see a season like that from Mbako? Or are we going to see a season where he shoots a number of three-pointers? Some, I mean, Jalen Hood-Shafino shot three and a half per game last season. Are we going to see that type of volume and maybe sacrifice some of the efficiency? Is he going to be a 37%, 36% three-point shooter, but getting up more? There's an argument about which one is more valuable to Indiana. I think that's a very, that argument depends on what everybody else is doing. But I think Mbako really could go one of two ways here. If I had to guess, I would lean towards him being a 40% three-point shooter. Three and a half threes per game is a lot for someone that isn't a primary ball handler and isn't someone like Miller Cop who plays are being kind of specifically designed to get him three-pointers. Last season, those Cop uh, and Jalen hood Shafino led the team in three-pointers at 4.1 for Cop, 3.5 for hood Shafino. I mean, Trey Galloway at two, that's kind of to the point earlier of quantity versus quality, to a game at 46%. How impactful was that? It, is it going to be impactful for Mbako if he's shooting 40% but attempting two two and a half threes per game. I'm not sure, but right now I don't know that he's going to be someone that is just hoisting away from the three point line. He might come big 10 play. Maybe he gets more comfortable. Maybe things come a little bit more natural to him and he's able to do that. But I think coming into the season, I would lean more towards him being a high efficiency shooter, but not a high volume shooter, at least from deep. Now, if he's shooting 40% from three, that opens up so many other things for him. He's able to attack teams on closeout. He's able to get to his mid-range game. He commands attention from defenses, which will open up other players and set up other things across the floor. So it's not a bad thing if he's a 40% three-point shooter, especially with how his game is. He can create those mid-range looks and if defenses are hyper aware of his ability to knock down threes, if he's open, that's going to create more advantages for Mbako to take, uh, to take. So certainly not a bad thing. I think a lot of whether it's good or bad, again, depends on what the rest of the team does. But for me, I think he comes in and he attempts, you know, two, two and a half threes a game, something like what Trey Galloway did as well last season. Over the whole year, he attempted two per game and Big Ten play. It was 2.6. That feels like somewhere right around where Mbaka will be, but he can be a 40% three-point shooter on two and a half attempts per game and still be really impactful with his ability to get to the mid-range and get to the basket and use his size and be at a score in that department. If he's attempting two and a half threes and making 40% of them, I'm going to say that he's probably... 
15, 18 points per game. And, and that's really big for Indiana next season. If that's the type of player he's going to be. So it's not a bad thing, but I think he'll come in. He'll be efficient on low volume. Do you guys agree again? Let me know what you think. Do you swing the other way? Do you think he's going to need to be a shooter? It, early reports are that he's shooting the ball really well. Now it's summer, it's workouts, it's closed gym practice, not a bunch of fans screaming at you, but if he's coming in and shooting the ball well, does he need to come in and start hoisting three-pointers during the season to make teams pay for they'll be sagging off of him early on? Let me know what you guys think, which one of those scenarios is more likely. Let's talk about Xavier Johnson, the point guard, the really important piece of this season's team. I think there's arguments he could be the most important piece. What type of season is he going to have, though? Is it going to be a one where he excels individually or one where he excels setting the team up? We'll talk about both uh, a pair of scenarios here in just a moment. So Xavier Johnson, someone we talked a lot about when he was cleared to return. And every dayers will remember those episodes where I think he is incredibly valuable. And I don't think that's breaking news. He is going to be someone that there's going to be a big burden on him this season. He's going to be, in a number of ways, the, the guy that makes or breaks the Hoosiers. And that's been his role for three seasons now in Indiana. It's going to be really interesting because this offense Indiana is going to run is going to be the offense best suited for him since he's been a Hoosier. With Again, with all due respect to Trace, Race, guys like that who were fantastic, I would say nobody was more directly impacted by their presence than Xavier Johnson. He's someone that likes to get to the rim, likes to get by his opponent and either finish at the rim or drive and kick. There wasn't really anywhere to drive and kick, and the lane was really crowded when he got down there last couple of seasons. So if you're spreading everything out, you're opening up so many driving lanes for him. So my question is, or the I should say the scenario is, which is more likely to happen? Xavier Johnson is a 45% field goal shooter, or Xavier Johnson averages seven assists per game? Again, these aren't just arbitrary numbers. I try to put some reason to them. Uh... He's never shot above 42.6% in college. That was his last year at Pitt. And his two seasons at Indiana, he shot 40.7% overall. So 45% would be a notable increase, but not out of this world. Would be an, uh, his best season, his most efficient season, certainly. The seven assists, again, you look back to his last year at Pitt, 5.7. He's averaged five per game at Indiana. Again, you're building an offense that is real suited really well to complement his skill set. Is he someone that can come in or that'll come in this season and start setting opponents up left and right, having all those open driving lanes? Again, and I kind of did this on purpose, there is a scenario where both things happen you're looking at an all-conference player in that case, but uh, there is a scenario where he's a 45% shooter, averaging seven assists per game and winning first-team all-conference honors, but it's unlikely. 
to do both. And if I had to pick, I actually think I would pick 45% field goal shooter. I think he's someone that is going to really excel, maybe more than anybody. There might be an argument for Malik Renew, but maybe more than anybody else, he's going to be the one that excels for Indiana at finishing at the rim and having more openings. Uh, his two seasons ago, before the injury, fifty-three or thirty-seven point five percent of his shots came at the rim. He shot fifty-three percent there. Fifty-three percent is decent. Uh, probably roughly average, I would say, maybe a little below average. But again, when you factor in that he's doing it with so many bodies in the middle of the paint, it opening things up is going to help him so much. And this isn't a like for like comparison, but I looked at, or I watched Jalen Hood Shafino this year, this summer at summer league, getting spacing around him. He showed more in a half dozen summer league games around the rim than he did a full season at Indiana. The difference was there weren't four bodies in the lane at all times defending the rim. Basically when he drove to the paint, I think it could be a similar type of thing with Xavier Johnson in that there's not going to be four bodies at the rim when he drives to the paint and he'll be able to have angles and have driving lanes and have the ability to finish. And ideally, if things go well, if there are four bodies in the paint, he'll have someone to kick out to, which is another thing Jalen didn't have last season. So that would set up the other scenario. But for me, I think this offense is set up really well to get the best out of Xavier Johnson. And it's more likely, I think, that he becomes a the most efficient version of himself this season with so many more shots at the rim. And if that's the case, if he's coming out shooting 45% from the field this season, I think Indiana is going to be in a really good place because as Xavier Johnson has went, the Hoosiers have went for the last couple of seasons. And I don't suspect that's going to change this year. So... Seven assists is a high number. I realize that, but I think that's kind of the best case scenario if we're talking about him being a setup guy. And he's going to have games where I think he's going to have a ton of assists this year with the way this offense is going to run. But I think more often than not, he's going to be a guy that's going to finish well at the rim and really get that field goal percentage up this year. Again, as I said with all these, let me know what you think. Let me know if you want me to do more of these. Where There's a whole roster of players we could do variations of this. I want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Every day is again Wednesday on the show. We'll do Recruiting Wednesday. And then Friday's show, we're going to try to do this for women's basketball with a special guest. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already at LO underscore Hoosiers. Easier said than done. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave those ratings and reviews. Appreciate them. You guys have been leaving them, especially on Spotify. Thank you guys greatly for that. It helps us out a ton. We've had a, a really good last couple of weeks, which is wild. We're in July. You guys are tuning in still. So especially if you're still listening to this, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate everything you guys have done for this podcast. 
We'll be back on Wednesday to talk the latest in recruiting. But until then, I hope everybody has a great Monday. And as always, LEO.